Welcome to the Customer Connection Podcast, where we look at leading practices, lessons learned, tools, techniques, and procedures designed to guide and help you with the implementation and adoption of the ServiceNow platform. Led by customer experience expert and director of customer workflows, Jerry Campbell. Co-hosted by portfolio managers, Gareth Millwood and Nick DeBaca. We're building customer connections. Good morning, good afternoon, and good day. Wherever you are, thanks for listening to the Customer Connections, where we help you get your ServiceNow projects going in the right direction fast. I am Jerry Campbell, Director of Customer Workflows. And I'm Gareth Millwood, Portfolio Manager. And today, we're going to have a special guest, but uh, a couple of uh, short announcements. We do have our summer intern, Hannah, that will be joining us, and she will be keeping uh, track of our jargon. As you know, in here in the Customer Connections, we do not like jargon. We like to speak plain language and let our customers hear just the easy flow of simple language, getting straight to the point. Also, right before uh, Gareth and I were at the Customer Contact Week in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. So I just want to know something from Gareth is what kind of experience did you have at Customer Contact Week? Uh, it was a fantastic time to meet so many people in the industry and see what's going on. The big themes there seem to be conversational UI and automated AI checking of quality and consistency of agent work. It was a really interesting thing to learn. Yeah, it was really good stuff. And right before we went there, we dove into uh, the public sector digital services, right? And um, you were writing some practices around that, correct? Yeah, that's right. And we're going to have a, a new release of that coming up soon. So we're busy updating for that too. Yeah. And so, which leads me to our guest, Will Loving, who's a co-founder and the CEO of Servos, a ServiceNow partner dedicated to implement, implementing the citizens' services solutions on the ServiceNow customer workflow platform for state and local government customers. Now, Will has been technology for over 30 years, implementing SAP and other enterprise solutions for large enterprises while at KPMG and Anderson. Then leading a division of large interactive agencies in the late 90s to finally start his own consulting firm in the early 2000s and selling it after 10 years of rapid growth. Will is an avid pilot flying World War II planes and air shows and lives in Richmond, Virginia, with his wife and three kids. Man, what a career. And welcome to the show, Will. Thanks. It's great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, man, that's the, quite an illustrious career thus far. But like I said, uh, we talked to our customer connection audience and we have the things, our rules of engagement, simple customer language. So we try to eliminate all the jargon or acronyms. Like I said at the top of the show, our summer intern, Hannah, will be keeping a track of that and we'll run those down after the show. Are you good with that? Yeah, that's great. Good deal. All right. Let's go ahead and kick this thing off then. Uh, Will, if you Zoom meetings were had, you know, like the WWE wrestler entrance songs, what would be your entrance theme song? I might go with Top Gun uh, Danger Zone song. <laughs> there you go. That would be cool. And also, what was the last concert you went to or what was the next concert you'd want to go to? 
Well, I, I uh, last concert I went to was uh, the Wood Brothers, which is a kind of a Americana folk band here. I saw here in Richmond, but uh, but I, for my birthday, my wife and daughter gave me um, tickets to go see um, country music star. So I'm excited about that coming up in Charleston late in the year. Oh yeah, that's going to be nice. That's going to be really good. So growing up as a kid, who was your role model, and and why was was they your role model? Yeah, I think I was into the technology stuff pretty early on. And um, so, and when the first, and I'm showing my age, but when the first personal computer came out from IBM in 1981, 82, the IBM PC, my father bought one of those and I uh, jumped in right away and started programming basic and understanding DOS and uh, I guess some jargon, right? Disk operating system. How about that? <laughs> um and so quickly learned about Microsoft. I think that Microsoft had just started not long before that. And uh, so Bill Gates was always a, a guy that I always kind of looked up to and, and kind of followed his career. I wish I had bought some stock back in the day, but um, in the in the 80s. But uh, but anyway, so that that's who my, I don't know about role model, but definitely looked up to from a technology standpoint as a somebody that knew what he was doing. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And so you've, kicked off and co-founded Ciro's. And so just tell us how long has Ciro's been a ServiceNow partner? Yeah, Servos, we started it in early 2019. So we're just about three years um, old as a company. And we started the company with a focus on the customer workflows, customer service part of the ServiceNow platform only. So that's our laser focus. And with that focus, we were able to you get some attention from ServiceNow and get into the partner program as a very young, you know, sort of smaller partner back in, you know, three years ago. So that's, it's been great, you know, ever since um, getting going, um, that the customer service management or customer workflow as part of the platform has been just a explosive growth. And we've ridden that wave and are continuing to grow pretty significantly. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And so what other areas, uh, and we talked about the state and local governments and, how do you, you know, servos uh, help in those ServiceNow offerings? Yeah, it's, it was interesting when we, um, having built and run a large consulting firm prior to servos, I kind of, and, and at that firm, we didn't have a specific focus around a, a specific technology or an industry. Uh, we built some specializations around some industries um, later in the growth trajectory of the company. But that's what was so interesting to me about. ServiceNow and starting Servos with a very specific focus. Although we did not start Servos with a focus around an industry, we started with the the product focus around the platform and then customer service solutions. But one of our early customers was a um, state government, and we you know quickly learned that there was a lot of work to do in around modernization of of the legacy systems at state government and in the local government uh, as well. So we. We got into a state government pretty early on and, and started some work. And it was sort of pandemic related around the um, inundation of um, unemployment insurance claims that the state was receiving and their systems and their staff weren't able to handle all the requests coming in and, and was a great solution for ServiceNow to, to support. So that was one of our first customers. And we had a great experience and got to know the customer really well and really became you know a trusted advisor to the state. Um, IT departments and the agencies and just um, then just doubled down on it from there. So 
Um, we've done some work in the commercial and enterprise space as well, but we really focus solely on the state and local government space. Could you tell us a little bit more about some of those recent projects with the government? I've done some work with government in the UK, and I know that can be quite challenging at times. How's your experience been? And it's interesting, we've we've had some opportunities to do some international government work as well. And, and we've been Tom Yates on the ServiceNow team to look at some of those opportunities and see if we can help. But and so had that experience in, in the UK yet, but in, in the United States, it's, you know, the perception of government, whether it's federal or state or local, is bureaucracy, slow moving, you know, old software systems. And and some of those things are, you know, accurate and true, but but we've experienced some of the slow moving bureaucracies in large enterprises as well. So sometimes worse, to be honest. But what I think we've really been pleasantly surprised with at the state level and the local level is there's a lot of new thinking and technologists and business people that want to use technology to improve the lives of the citizens they support and their coworkers. And so there's a lot of priority now put around by driven by governors and legislation to to modernize the systems that are out there. And people you know, citizens now, they get on Amazon or Netflix and they expect a certain level of customer service and, and support and the ability to ask for help or request services very easily from their phone or from, you know, from the TV um, and other things. And at the government level, that's not there, you know, and so people are expecting that consumer-like experience from their government as well. And so, at the federal level, it's happening and there's a drive, but at the state level, it's happening as well. So um, that's driven a lot of modernization at state and local level. Um, one of the big and early projects we did in the, in the public sector space was for the city of Atlanta. We helped them move off of an old legacy technology platform that supported their, what they call 311. And 311 in the, some people may have heard of this, but it's, it's like the, uh, in the old days when you had a old telephone and you, you wanted, uh, you know, 911 is obviously emergency. 411 was usually the way to look up phone numbers. <laughs> 311 is how you request non-emergency city services. And so there's that term still gets used pretty heavily in the, at the city level. And so Atlanta was trying to replace their system that supported their 311 call center and citizen services hotline. Uh, with a more modern technology. So went through a bidding process um, against some of the other competing platforms like Microsoft and Salesforce and ServiceNow won the technology win. And then we were selected as a partner. And what we did is in a pretty rapid implementation, I think the overall work from start to go live was about four and a half months or so, five months. Um, and some of that involved training and requirements and all that. So the building part of it was really not too long. And we cut over their entire atl311.com website and call center over to ServiceNow customer service management. Um, and it was a major um, effort. Um, we had to unplug the old system. So we had to make sure everything got moved over because when you unplug, you know, you can't really go back. So that was a great initial large project for a city going on the ServiceNow platform. Awesome. And so in from those four or five months of work, what benefits did you and your customers see? Yeah, I think the, the one of the biggest things was the citizens having the ability to log in and have their profile already pre-populated with their name and information. So whenever they made a request for, you know, reporting a pothole or um, requesting the the trash service to pick up their 
stand on the street that they missed. It already knows about the citizen. It knows who they are. It knows where they live. And then when they make a request, they can come back in and see the status of that request. And so um, the traceability for the citizen to be able to know what they've requested and what the status is. And then for the the state, I mean, the city um, workers that are supporting those citizens, allowing them to track and not lose track of the, all the requests that are coming in so they can make sure they're get fulfilled. And the management reporting around the volume coming in has also been very helpful for the for the county or for the city. How did you find the project went? What went well and what lessons did you learn while you were doing it? I think one of the big things, and, and we've seen it, and I'll talk about another project we did for at a state level where change management and just training people, non-technical people, being able to understand the platform and how to use it and the power of the platform and how you know everybody's used to long development cycles and you know it takes forever to get changes through the system and with ServiceNow development cycle is much shorter um, there's ability to configure things versus make coding changes getting people to kind of understand how the platform works from a business level and be able to know that hey, i can request i can put a new service online in a matter of a week or two as long as i've defined the requirements and i understand the form and the workflow that needs to happen but the training and the change management part of any IT project is significant. And if it's not done well, it can, it can really fail, even if everything else is done correctly. So I think we found that through all our projects. That's something we stress really um, heavily at the beginning is to have an executive sponsor and have some people on the inside at the client that know a lot of people and, and are well-respected so they can go around and, and make sure people don't just resist change, but they actually embrace it and, and sort of get over the, the learning. That's key, right? I was going to ask you some of those key players to make this thing really happen. And, and But you really touched on it. You know, it's got to come from the executive level and work its way all the way down to really get those expectations met, right? And real quickly, can you touch on, I know you just worked on a, a similar project at the state level. Can you touch on that real quick for us? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that one, I can, I can tell you a little bit more how the change management really had a huge impact in the players on the, on the client side. But so for the state of South Dakota, we've been working with them for quite a while. And, and the unemployment insurance application that we built was the, what we started with. And then it evolved into building a statewide portal for the whole state, for all the citizens to be able to access services from the state agencies. So if you go to SD... South Dakota SD.gov. Um, that's on service now and it's serving up the you know citizen portal. And that was a statewide effort that was driven by the uh, CIO and the IT department, but then also supported by the governor as the executive sponsor. So at our kickoff meeting um, for that project, we had representatives from all agencies across the state in one room. And it was sort of towards the end of the pandemic. So luckily we were able to get people in a room because it made it so much more impactful. Uh, but the governor was there and kicked off the meeting and and stressed how important it was that all the agencies get on board and and support this effort because it's a and and she they had through legislation had gotten enough funding approved to really do it correctly and really spend the time with all the agencies early on to understand what are their most high priority citizen services what are citizens asking for the most uh, what areas do we need to improve and then we took all that information into account and then use that data to figure out how to phase out a roadmap of rolling out this statewide portal. And there were some departments that were all in 
you know, from the very beginning and were very good champions of the project. And then there were other departments that were a little resistant and weren't sure about it. And even though they weren't having to pay for anything because it was sort of funded at a state level, they were still kind of resistant. So we had combination of executive sponsorship from the governor and, and one of her um, key cabinet members. And then we had the chief technology officer who was sort of had the vision for the statewide portal from the beginning and was really a, believed in the ServiceNow platform as the, the solution. And so he had the vision, was driving that from a technology standpoint. And then we had the deputy CIO who is just a, somebody that has been working in the state across a bunch of different agencies and departments over a number of years. So she has the relationships with all the different people in the departments. So when somebody, we hear that somebody's resistant and they're sort of pushing back or they're not providing the information they need to go down the platform, she would go talk to them and, and kind of understand what their concerns were and kind of, and you know, as a consultant, you can do a little bit of that, but it's, if you're not in the seat and you're not, you know, a coworker of the client, it's hard to. So she was just um, instrumental in making sure that those departments got on board and, uh, and she's still doing it today and it's a hard job, but, but because the combination of executive sponsorship, technology and vision, and then change management, those three things are the, the three pillars, I think, of a successful implementation of any technology, but certainly one that's it's such transformational as the one we did for South Dakota. Oh, man, that's so amazing. I got to tell you right now, we're going to have to bring you on again, and we're just going to have to dive into just specifics around, you know, public sector, digital services in the government and local, state and local governments. But thank you, sir, for that. And as promised, I'm going to bring Hannah on now. And Hannah, can you run down any acronyms or jargon that you didn't understand? You can ask uh, Will to explain those to, for you. I went through while well, I was listening to it and I did not find anything except for DOS and that was already addressed. That's good. The disk operating system. I had to pull that one out of the out of the archives. There you <laughs> That's go. not even used anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, there was one I did catch, and then and that's one that, you know, not all of our listeners may understand, and that's CIO. Can you tell us what a CIO is? Yeah, so um, and that's an interesting role. Um, Chief Information Officer is the traditional acronym for that in state government um, and, and in enterprise too. But it's it, the roles vary. The there's Chief Information Officer and there's Chief Technology Officer. There are those two roles that are sort of the senior IT leader in an organization. Sometimes the CTO sets the vision and the sort of strategy and the CIO is more on the, you know, partners with the business and make sure that technology is being used to support the business. And that was really the case at the state. Um, the CTO really was the visionary around it. And the CIO was on the cabinet really working the legislative um, support and make sure the governor was engaged. And so it, it sort of takes both of those roles, I think, in any organization to be successful. Yeah, that's amazing. That's good. And well, thank you so much again. Um, we have a couple of closing questions, but uh, before that, I'm going to hold you that and ask you that you'll come back and be a guest on Customer Connections because got a lot of information to provide our listeners. So know that we'll be asking you to come back. Is that okay? Uh, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd love to. All right. So. For our listeners out there now, Will, I'd like to know 
What's the biggest takeaway you hope our listeners learn from this episode? Yeah, I think one of the things to take away is you got to have a champion and on the client side to help make something be successful on implementation or any project. And you've got it, you know, from an executive sponsor to it's not just one person either. It's sort of got to be a sort of a team of people that are really helping make it successful and, and making sure it gets everybody on board. I think the other thing to take away is state and local governments an exciting place to be because there's so much change going on. I think that over the next five to 10 years, you're going to see a major transformation across the way governments uh, support citizens and the use of technology. We're, we're seeing an amazing amount of spend in the on technology in state and local government, which I think is only going to improve the lives of citizens and the people that work at these organizations. That's awesome. And then finally, two-part question here is, what would you like uh, our listeners to know about Servos and how can our listeners connect with you? Servos is a focused partner of ServiceNow. And so with our focus on customer workflows and public sector, you know, we're specialists. So I think that's something that I think is important to know. We're very good at what we do. We know the industry really well. We know the platform well and how it's used. The best way to get in touch with us is, you know, go to our website and you can do a contact us form or you can just send an email to info at servos.io, which is info and then at servos.io is our email. Oh, that's so awesome. Thank you again, sir. It's been a pleasure talking with you this morning. And for our listeners, if you have comments or questions for us or Will, please email us at customerconnection at servicenow.com. Thank you for joining the Customer Connection. Thank you for joining the Customer Connection podcast, where we share insights from the biggest ServiceNow influencers. Please join us for our next episode when we will build more customer connections.